Um, what's up? What's up, guys? Uh, I, uh, turned 22 a few months ago. It's been, it's been a wild run. Sometimes I get introduced, uh, at these things as a millennial, and I'm actually not a millennial. Like, technically, I'm part of the next generation, which is also the last generation, probably. <laughs> generation Z, baby. We're not gonna make it. People are saying people are saying coronavirus is the biggest thing since 9/11, right? Uh, which I think is true, and that's crazy for me because my generation does not remember 9/11. Most of us were not even born yet. Uh, before this, the closest we got to 9/11 was when Kanye took the mic from Taylor Swift at the VMAs. <laughs> you guys remember where you were? You guys were watching TV. You looked up at your mom, probably. You were like, so do we still go to school? Like, what does this mean <laughs> for our country? <laughs> people don't even realize there's a new generation. All, all older people spent so much time shitting all over millennials that they forgot to check up on their fucking kids. And now we're eating Tide Pods and we're pranking our pets on TikTok. And a global <laughs> pandemic was declared... And then 10,000 20-year-olds got together to do whippets on the beach. We're not exactly survivors, is uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I've learned a lot about myself since I was a kid four years ago. Uh, I'm basically at that age now where my tits can support themselves on their own, but I can't. So <laughs> I'm at. I just went from being a kid to being a kid who owes a lot of people money. And I don't know... <laughs> When that happened, I don't know. My generation has some winners. We got we got Greta Thunberg, Malala. There was that kid who built a clock for a Ooh. science project that people thought was a bomb. Then <laughs> Zendaya. Yeah, we're we're doing okay. Everyone's everyone thinks that the next generation is going to be the one to save us, and then we grow up, and they're like, oh no, not you guys. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, uh, I had to be told about 9-11. Do you guys know what that's like? <laughs> I, I had my, my dad was the one who told me about 9-11. He sat me down and he told me, he was like, Natasha, uh, steel melts at 3,500 degrees and jet fuel can only burn up to 1,800 degrees. So you do the math. And then he left. And <laughs> like when you're a kid, you don't realize certain things about your parents. Like I didn't know my dad was a conspiracy theorist. Like I thought everyone got these bad bedtime stories, right? Uh, so little me just internalized that all and just took to the playground. And because kids love conspiracy theories, like like because we all knew that kid on the playground who was going around like you know I heard Santa Claus isn't real. It's just just your parents. And I'd be behind him like, you think that's crazy? That drinking fountain is making us gay. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> your priorities straight. Um, let's see. Uh, my, uh, my, my, my dad's white, obviously. I don't know if you figured that out. But uh, and my mom... My mom is Vietnamese. She grew up in Vietnam. Uh, she's, she's from there. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes I have a hard time relating to her as an immigrant mother. She tries, though. Uh, April Fool's is coming up, which means now I get to look forward to the yearly prank she plays on me where she calls me and tells me that my dog is dead. That is a <laughs> <laughs> humor of someone with a childhood ravaged by war. And I don't have the heart to tell her that's not a good joke. Uh, <laughs> she is a. But Asian moms are always disappoint, disappointed in their kids. It's a tale as old as time. 
Uh, but with me, at least she has something to blame, right? Like I'm diluted. Of course I sucked at the <laughs> piano. Uh, <laughs> but I know she loves me because like, but sometimes I get, like, sometimes I get a catcher looking at me the same way that she looks at a bowl of instant pho. You know, she's like, this isn't authentic. You can just send that <laughs> back. <laughs> um, I think that's my four minutes. So uh, thank you. Uh, time. We're doing five. Oh, we're doing five. Oh, I got one more. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, let's see. I have I have a boyfriend. Uh, he's great. Met him met him on Tinder. Uh, did it. I sent my Tinder distance oh. preferences to one mile because I shop local. And I got my <laughs> Tinder boyfriend. And uh, finding a boyfriend on Tinder is a lot like winning eight dollars on a lottery scratch off ticket, <laughs> right? Because it's like, it's technically a win, but look around, you're in a gas station parking lot. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the best part about uh, having a Tinder boyfriend is the low expectations. Like, I got him off of Tinder. Anything he does is impressive. Like, he was in my phone one day, and then he now he's here, and he's buying me steak, and it's great. It doesn't take much. Like, I'm just happy he didn't murder me and make my skin into a t-shirt or something. <laughs> and... Uh, and he's just happy I'm not fat. It's great. I lived up to my pictures. <laughs> and I haven't robbed him yet. Uh, he could take a shit on my rug tomorrow, and I'd still be like, that's pretty good for a rescue, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my time. Now that's five right. minutes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up uh, millennials during this time, because, like, like, one thing I'm thinking about is, like, this whole coronavirus situation brings us a lot closer to other people around the world. But it also brings you closer to, like, people in movies, right? <laughs> so, like, you realize, like, you know, for every one Will Smith trying to save the world from viruses, there are also about a mil there might be a million other, like, millennials just making TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, while Godzilla's burning the planet, they're, like, spring breakers. They're like, okay, dude, I understand it's dangerous, but, like, you know, I paid a lot of money for this trip, man. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. So let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. So I said, April, you were on deck. No, April, you were on deck before, so you're on now. Rob, you're on deck. Are you? Are you? Okay, good, fantastic. So give it up for April Hirschman now. Hey, everybody. Woo! Just want to say that I am the recent author of this self-help book, Best Breakup Ever. If anyone is going through a pandemic and a breakup, my God, <laughs> let me know <laughs> if this book is on Amazon. I, I would also like to point out that I am in a legit comedy club. I'm not in my home. Do you guys see that, that there's a brick wall there? <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you a little context. Whoa, that wasn't my closet. Okay. Um, so anyone feel like it's a really bad time to be a slut? Oh, thank Ask you. Ask her a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been turned down like a lot um, for phone sex lately. Um, so yeah, see me after if anyone's interested. I'm bisexual, so I'm sure that <laughs> we can make this happen. Um, so yeah, germaphobes, um, hug haters, isolationists, it's your time to shine. This is like Revenge of the Nerds Part 4. That franchise <laughs> stopped in 1992, but... I think that we're ready for part four. Um, so yeah, my show tonight is called Pandemic Makeover. Um, my hair went from uh, gold to silver because I can't get it 
done. And um, my my house is like sleeping with the enemy clean. Most of mm -hmm. you are too young to get that reference, but um, <laughs> I could take you on like a Blair Witch style shaky cam view around my house. <laughs> oh, I mean this comedy studio I'm in, um, but I won't. I'm going to spare you from that. But like I've even vacuumed, which is usually a yearly event. It was mostly glitter, so. <laughs> um what else yeah um i have a lot of time in my hands but i keep washing it off <laughs> <laughs> okay keeping it highbrow um definitely seeing some people on this that i want to have phone sex with um so no, <laughs> not a dating event um what else so yeah i spend most of my days just like picking up the vapes for my dad at the dispensary and delivering them to him and you know I put the bag down and I'm you know six feet away um, between that and yoga masturbating grocery shopping the day is gone already <laughs> this is major socializing for me thank you um, Jason everyone Pam I love you all um, not a creepy in a kind of a creepy way actually um, so yeah. What else? Uh, yeah, so sex and corona, that's always a fun subject. Um, yeah, my Tinder experiences. Yeah, I, I did dip my toe back into the tepid, putrid waters of Tinder. Um, I mean, it's always been a place for lonely, desperate, inept, social, ineptly social masturbators. <laughs> I've been on it for years. <laughs> a full brag. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's funny out there. So, so one woman wrote... Um, out of office reply, I'm looking forward to hugging and kissing you and this is all over. <laughs> Another person wrote, I'm on a guy, he's like, I'm on quarantine for two weeks. Who wants to join me for cuddling? You know, it never hurts to ask, right? I just <laughs> men are just such good negotiators, you know. <laughs> Maybe someone wants to get in his quarantine bed with him. We don't know until we try. Um, so let's talk about my metrics for choosing a partner. It used to be um, I'd, I'd, I'd land a date with a man or a woman, and I'd be like, okay, listening to the whole story. Oh, you're a Capricorn. You have an uncle in Utah. You have four brothers. I'm not listening to any of this. All I'm thinking is, is this the face I want between my legs? Chins don't matter, guys. <laughs> a bearded lady on the vaulted butt chin, bring it. Chins don't matter. Coronavirus mask, it's all fine. Um, and if you, the great thing about Tinder is like you can just put the phone between your legs and I taught my clit to swipe right. <laughs> so now my metrics are different. Now I'm swiping for solvency. Anyone a plumber? Do you manage at a grocery store? Do you have stuff in Corral? Do you own Corral? Are you Eric Yuan who owns... Zoom, I'm interested, I'm available. <laughs> I'm interested and available. So um, what else? Uh, conspiracy theories. People are into conspiracy theories. This is your time to shine also. Um, I love the men that are just like, if this shakes down, I'm going to get in my Hummer with my dogs and my gun, and I'm coming for you. And I'm like, cool, cool, okay. If this shakes down, so like what would be my experience? If this shakes down, I'm getting in my Mazda 2 that my sister gave me, with my lavender spray and a borrowed cat. <laughs> and I'm doing what exactly? I don't know, finding Thelma? 
I guess I'll just like behind, be behind the 10 guys in their Hummers, you know, cause they'll be like cocked to the side with their guns and I'll be like cocked to the side with my lavender spray, just kind of, I haven't been timing myself. How am I doing? You, I, I did the minute thing like maybe 20 seconds ago. So we're done. Okay. No, you, you have like, you have like 40 seconds. Okay. Okay. 40 seconds. I'll take it. Um, so yeah, some songs that are coming back into play that people forgot about from a distance, Bette Midler, um, even going back further into archives, Huey Lewis, Duck With You, always a pretty bad love song, but maybe relevant now. Um, so uh, what else? Yeah, shelter in place. I feel like that's a really weird phrase. It sounds like it's a bad translation of like a Swedish sci-fi porn. Were they trying to say... <laughs> sharding in space maybe <laughs> okay i think i'll leave it on that note starting <laughs> in space ladies and gentlemen <laughs> that's what i'm talking about it's better than chuck berry porn oh yeah <laughs> um, so wait at one point you said there are a lot of people here that you can see having phone sex with does it matter what someone looks like or does it matter what someone sounds like when it comes to Make home? a good point. I'm also interested in video sex, so. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So the face does it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Got it. Hey, Matthew Quirk. Yeah. What goes on? Do you want it? You want a spot? Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> Pam wants a spot, too. Don't forget about Pam. I'm Pam wants a spot. Don't forget Matt about me. Okay, sorry, Matthew. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Pam signed up first. Matt, you want a spot? Does anybody else want a spot? No, I have, it. like, one more spot. All right. All right, good. All right, good. We're, 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 we're good. All right, so on deck is Audrey Hebert. Is it Hebert? Is it? Am I saying oh, right? um, it's Hebert, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's something like Hebert or some French <laughs> shit. So like, I it doesn't really matter at this point. All right, Audrey doesn't really matter. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the name we're going with. <laughs> uh, but on next is Robert Hudson. Is my mic working? Your mic's working. Yeah. All right. So I hope you wrote it. your jokes, you bastard. <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna copy and paste hey. it. At first, <laughs> this is so crazy. I feel like this is the strangest way to do comedy. This is my first time doing this. Uh, all right, so I just start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're bombing. <laughs> okay, at first I was like, four weeks inside, no biggie. Uh, you know, everyone's got internet. It's kind of weird, like. This is the only way the, the comedy community can can kind of do this. But, you know, as long as we can, you know, play video games, watch Netflix, we'll be okay. And uh, I'm noticing every single day, like, I'll log on to Facebook or something. And the first thing I'll see is, oh, you know, the government just created the quarantine to keep us all inside so that they can change the batteries on the birds. And <laughs> losing it, <laughs> losing it as a society right now. Where's my camera? Oh, okay. 
These these are not. Are you hearing me? These aren't connected. Andrew's doing way better than you right now. I'm sorry. Can you can you hear me still like this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're killing right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no one. All right, I feel like this is good though. I'm glad Jason did something like this because I feel like uh, I feel like Zoom open mics actually translate because you just need to say your jokes, you know, whatever you want to practice. You're not really expecting, uh, you know, laughs because I feel like a lot of people uh, like Jordan <laughs> that are running Zoom <laughs> comedy shows. It's difficult to try to gauge how well your joke is at a show because you can't just hear an entire audience laugh. Um, you know, like if everyone in here, I've seen it already happen a couple times, laughs at someone's joke. It's not just like 15 laughs simultaneously. It's just a half a second of everyone's laugh, like taking over everyone's spot in the active speaker channel at once. And then you can't even see the people because they're just like flickering like one after another. Um, all right, that's my Zoom material. <laughs> Actually, no, I got one more. So I feel like Zoom meetings, even for work, it's kind of like this is how people, you know, judge you now, just what's in the background. Like I can see some people that I don't recognize, and I'm like, oh, man, they got cool shit in their background, and I got, I got nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and then so you'll, you'll be on a meeting with people, and then like a week later, they'll have like some new cool thing behind them. So <laughs> like they have money, they'll be like, oh, what's up, guys? Yeah, how are those reports doing? And they're like, oh, this Nintendo Switch? Yeah, this is, I play Animal Crossing on this. And uh, every week, like someone like adds new shit to their background to show how cool they are in Zoom. And then you look at like Matthew's setup, you're like, oh, man, all right. At least I'm I'm in a building. I'm in a building. <laughs> but actually, that is man. How do you get? How do you get that set? That is like the cleanest car, like Zoom stuff I've ever seen in my life. It's better than most people's apartments. Uh, Don't steal my material. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> at uh at Costco, I think it's funny because when you're going shopping, I think at any grocery store they have to limit the number of people inside the facility. So they, they have you go in as groups, but when you're waiting outside in line, they have tape like from the doorway where they put a strip of tape down and then six feet later, they'll put another strip and they just like keep putting tape down uh, every six feet. Wait there for like 15, 20 minutes at the front's like, I, everyone go in and you just see the line condense to where everyone is clearly like just a foot apart from each other as you walk in to Costco to, to get whatever you you know want to get. Um, so it's like, what's the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then it's also funny. Cause then when you're, when you're inside, like, yeah, you, you like stay condensed, but then when everyone's shopping, they, they look at every, you know, once you're in an aisle, someone has to get behind you or past you to look at something that's on the other side of you, or maybe you're getting like an item like near someone else's item. So people just stand and look at each other and you're kind of like, eh, okay, like 
we we're recognizing that we don't want to be next to each other, but as long as we recognize we'll be okay. Uh, but it's like six feet. That's a long distance. Like I'm six feet tall. Well, I'm over six feet tall, but I'm at least six feet tall. So it's like, if I can touch you then, and we can see each other's facial expressions, we're, we're probably too close, too close. So I don't, I don't really think, you know, it's really going to save anyone from, from spreading the disease. Jason, did you do the fork thing already? Did both of them. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm done. Man. I'm done. <laughs> all right. Give it up for Rob. I, I've been super mean to him all day, but he doesn't deserve that. He's a good guy, and he's given me <laughs> in the past. Um, yes, Jason Cruz, you can get a spot. That's the last spot I'm giving out. Um, let's see. Uh, on deck is Pam Benjamin. Um, but on right now is Audrey Abert. Yeah. Abert. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, hey guys, I'm back from college, I'm in my parents' house, in my childhood bedroom, uh, I gotta say, pretty good venue, they got all the good stuff here, uh, have this flower that's been dead for eight months, <laughs> uh, old antidepressant bottle full of sewing needles, <laughs> uh, got a, got some glitter that says fun on it. Um, yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm a young person, I guess, and I feel like some of my friends haven't really been, like, taking the quarantine that seriously. Like, my friend last weekend was like, oh, hey, do you want to go camping this weekend? Yeah, we're going to go with three other girls. We're going to go in the woods and quarantine ourselves. It'll be fun. But, yeah, I don't think that's what quarantine means. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, quarantine at my place tonight. Brian's bringing a keg. <laughs> I've been getting into some new hobbies now that we're all staying inside. I've been watching earwax removal videos. Um, <laughs> any wax heads here tonight? <laughs> um, but uh, one of my favorite ones is a video called Girls' massive nasty earwax removed after 20 years of earwax buildup. <laughs> and so I wrote a little poem using the comments from that video. These are all real comments that were on there. Okay, um, why was this in my recommended? <laughs> gross, gross, gross. I almost bombed it. <laughs> How disgusting. How does someone let that build up in their ears, for goodness sake? I Eve Low. <laughs> he does not deserve a ear. <laughs> Ew, gross. Ew, this looks satisfying? Why do I find this so satisfying? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I find this disgustingly satisfying. Gross <laughs> and beautiful at the same time. Part of me wants to sniff it. There's no going back when you visit this side of you. Give more. I am not ashamed to say that I searched this up. 
There should be an earwax museum so the rest of us can go and see these nuggets in person. Oh I want God. those fools so badly. The MD cam and that light stick, it's so cool. I'm cleaning my ears right now. <laughs> I'm at the wrong side of YouTube again. Edit, thanks for the likes. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Um, I realized that I use Google the way that some people use horoscopes, where I act like I'm using it for advice, but I really just want someone to validate what I was going to do anyways. <laughs> like, do you ever, like, one time I had, I left a pizza out overnight, and I wasn't sure if that was okay or not to eat, so I was Googling, like, how long can you leave a pizza out and have it still be safe to eat? And the first page of results were all these things that are like, oh, the FDA says that you shouldn't eat food that's been left out longer than two hours. I'm like, okay, well, uh, that's what the government wants you to think. That's not a real answer. Then you go in another page of results, it's like, oh, well, you know, I think it should be okay for about five hours or so. Then you go in, like, really deep to, like, the 20th page of results, you find a forum thread on a beekeeping website from 2009. Someone's like, oh, well, when I get pizza, I don't eat it until it's been left out for at least a week. I like how the tips get all curly like little elf shoes. <laughs> ah, finally, some information I can trust. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's kind of weird that uh, you can buy a copy of Mein Kampf at Barnes & Noble. Uh, and I, I don't think it's marketed to actual neo-Nazis because it's like a tasteful version. You know, they added a bunch of footnotes that are like, uh, hey, you know this is wrong, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, still rather not see it in the hot in your area section, though. <laughs> also, I want to know, like, who is making money off of that? Like, is Hitler's grandson somewhere? Like, <laughs> yeah, baby, dress it up all you want. These Versace sneakers will pay for themselves. <laughs> That's what I think uh, Hitler's grandson sounds like. Um, I... I like reading the graffiti in women's bathroom stalls. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. There's a lot of vibrant discussions going on there. It always starts off with some girl writing like, Hey, everyone, send a reminder, you're all beautiful sunflowers. Man, the drink's a water so you can grow up tall and strong. And then someone else is like, Aw, this is so cute. I love when girls compliment each other. And then the third person comes in and is like, Ugh, I'm so tired of all this false positivity. My depression's not going to be cured just because some asshole wrote, You're beautiful on a tampon box. And someone else is like, Wow, that's really rude. I think you need to go back on your antidepressants. <laughs> antidepressants? Sounds like someone's a tool of big pharma. <laughs> and then it just keeps going on like that. Until the last thing someone writes is like, hell is real. <laughs> so uh, basically the YouTube comment section of real life. Oh uh, man, miss going into public bathrooms and reading all the good stuff people are coming up with. 
going to be the first thing I do when I get out of quarantine. <laughs> uh, was that was that five minutes? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Though. Now that you say these conversations are happening in graffiti and women's bathrooms, I almost feel like I want to get a job as a janitor, right? And and just like when no one's around, just go in there and just inform all the conversations. I want to start every conversation. Yeah, I might want to get like relationship advice. I'll just put a different question in every stall. <laughs> That'll be my move. Let's see. All right. Okay, I don't so. have any time left because there's a show at 7, so I'm just going to sing this one quick song, and it's been so fun oh, hanging no. on since the beginning. I've been here since 5, but it's been really great. But here's a song I wrote. It's about coronavirus and when you have roommates that you live with and you don't want to have sex with them. Like, I have a friend who lives with three girls, and he's not attracted to any of them, so this is funny for... Anyways. When your roommate is high and she grinds on your thigh, social mores. When you just went to bed, but she's drunk and wants head social mores. Don't fuck where you eat. Don't fuck where you sleep. Social mores. Don't be dumb. And then you won't have to bend social mores. When she's sad about Tad and she feels really bad social mores. She wants more than a hug. Puts her hand on your chub. Social mores. <laughs> don't fuck where you eat. Don't fuck where you sleep. Social mores. Don't be dumb and then you won't have to bend. Social mores. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Give it up for Pimp. Where, where do we still have these shows you speak of? Oh, um, this has all been live and I've been, it's been on mutinyradio.fm. And the, I'm going to take the MP3s and tag them up on the stuff so you guys can all listen to your sets from today. Because the sound from this comes well, really well through the board. So, yay. Oh, but I got to go. Because right, we're a radio man. station and there's a show at 7. But this has all been playing live. And like I said, I'll tag the MP3s. This was so much fun. You guys are awesome. Yay. Yeah. Bye. Hey, for free New York people. Hello, puppies. You are listening to Pop Off the Sound of Musical Curiosity, the special weekend edition shut-in and dance party. I am your host and DJ Bear, and if you heard that opening music, and then we'll probably be done by 10, and then we'll go over there. Yay. Okay. Day is, the day's figured out. Hello. All right. Yay. Yeah. I'm going to need everybody. an itinerary for that. Yeah. Pam, exactly. If you can get that Goodbye, printed everybody. out for me. What about piano fight? Piano fight tonight?
and and spats and oh see spats. i haven't i've been working on tuesdays at benders so i haven't been out on a tuesday night mm. in forever so mm. i really don't know like the tuesday wednesday scene anymore <laughs> Are you doing it? There you go. hey welcome here at meeting radio and the racers alley and i'm sitting here trying to get the do two things at once and push record uh, 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 uh. Anyhow, it doesn't seem to be working. All right, we're starting off with a technical difficulty. Yay, that's always cool. And why is that music still going on in the background? Well, Mo Crate's here, so we ought to be figuring out something soon. Uh, let's see here. Yep. So, welcome here to Racer's Alley. Uh, we got some background music going on for some particular reason. But uh, Wade and I are here tonight. Milk Crate showed up, and Yari Yar, we're going to have some good music. That's what that always means. And uh, let's see. I guess what we're going to do is... I'm going to go to put on some music, and we're going to figure out what the hell's going on here. Cheers. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Seven, six Commencing countdown engines on Check ignition and may God's love be with you. Milk Crate just showed up, and he got us together. He got rid of the background music, and uh, good. All right, so I can concentrate here for a second. Welcome back to Mutiny Radio here in the heart of the mission. It is uh, Thursday at Racer's Alley, and uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, today, we're going to have a good show. Uh, we have Wade here, a co-host, and we have Milk Crate Brian spinning the tunes, which is always nice. This record happens to be a, the color red, for those of you who can't see. Anyhow, that's pretty neat. Uh, let's see here. He'll let you know in a second what we're, what we're running. Um, let's see. We're going to have a couple of people call in. Hopefully, we'll hear from uh, August Weber uh, talking about the Fun Track Days, D-A-Y-Z, Fun Track Days. And he's going to let us know what's going on, hopefully, uh, uh, with, the, with the season and, uh, you know, how uh, they're actually getting along with the... I guess, uh, you know, uh, keeping separated, but everyone having a good time out in the track. And I've seen lately that there's a few track days out there. So uh, not only fun track days, but other folks as well. So uh, at least some folks are having fun getting out there and, uh, you know, having a good time and uh, getting some fresh air. So uh, hopefully we'll hear from August uh, in a little bit. Uh, we have... Um, Pedro Valdez, Valdez, Valdez sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, he'll be calling in uh, regarding the uh, races over in Baja and letting us know what's happening with the San Pedro Martir and also the Baja International Tourist Cup and uh, neat stuff in between. Uh, I know he mentioned that uh, we have a lot more uh, uh, 
a lot of good entries in and uh, from here and everywhere and uh, it sounds like it's going to be an exciting time uh, right wade yeah that, that's right <laughs> yeah it's, it sounds like it's going to be a whole lot of fun so we hope to hear from him as well and uh let's see uh we're going to have hawk Mazzotta call in uh He's an old-school racer from what I hear. I, my brain doesn't work as well. But uh, anyways, he's going to call in and let us know what's happening with this pro program. Um, let's see. Basically, uh, he's working with children and MX, uh, learning them how to, uh, I guess, uh, race dirt bikes. So uh, it'll be very exciting to hear what's going on in that, that neck of the woods. And uh, we'll go from there. So anyhow, uh, let me get my shit together and uh, have a Milk Crate play a... Oh, boy, he has two Red albums out now. How exciting. What you got going, Mokrate? Uh, we're going to start out with The Modern Lovers, Roadrunner. <laughs> Here we right go. On, right on. Roadrunner. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Roadrunner, Roadrunner. Going faster miles an hour. Going drive fast and stop and shop. With the radio on. I'm in love with Massachusetts.
yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here jarring with Wade and Milk Crate, and yeah, we're talking about race plans and all that good stuff, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of clubs right now are starting to open up a little, which is really, really nice, and uh, AFM, AFM's going to be back out there, and they're going to be running uh, July uh, 18th and 19th over at Button Willow, and uh, I believe they have a track day over at Button Willow this weekend. Uh, one of my pals just left for that. Um, they're also going to be running in August uh, 8th and 9th, uh, either at Button Willow or Sonoma. I'm not. I'm not quite clear in how they wrote that down. But uh, yeah, AFM is still running out there, having a good time. Uh, they're going to be out there, like I said, uh, July 18th and 19th at Button Willow, and August 8th and 9th over either in Sonoma or uh, Button Willow. We shall see. I'll have to ask someone about that. Or, you know, if they're listening, call in. But anyhow, uh, yeah. So uh, that being said, like I mentioned earlier, we hope to have uh, August call in from Thrun Track Days, D-A-Y-Z, letting us know what's going to be going on next. Uh, we're already here in July 3rd. They had a fun time over at Laguna Seca uh, from what I saw at my friends over on a face of a book. And uh, they're going to be then July 27th. They're going to do the Thunder Hill three-mile course. So, uh have a good time out there uh, with fun track days. Anyhow, uh, D-A-Y-Z. Uh, all our friends are still out there. You know, it's getting a little bit more open. Uh, everyone's trying to watch out and wear masks and all that good stuff. But as far as shops go, you know, I know for sure, you know, O'Hanlon's is out there. Desmoto's out there. Um, Tokyo Moto's out there uh, as well. Uh, everyone's in a little bit limited times and stuff. Uh, as far as uh, if you need any, uh, one of our friends just got rear-ended. Gave him a Law Tigers, uh, uh, actually a card, you know, mat and stuff. So Law Tigers takes care of you if you get hurt, that type of thing. And uh, I'm calling Super Plush Suspension uh, very, very soon. I, I hear uh, he's out there running around, James, uh, uh, fixing things. And uh, I need to have stuff done for my race bike uh, coming out soon. So uh, yeah, Super Plush is always good. He's doing my VFR 400. Really? Yeah. You are, Nice. Cool. Uh, I'm glad that you, you communicated. Uh, yeah, we, we were just trying to get a hold of him and, and wondering if he was out there. So it's very, very awesome. Yeah. VFR yeah. 400. Yeah, actually, good question. So Rich has my bike. And so Rich told Eric for me to go say hi. He's not answering his phone. I guess he's really busy right now. Yeah. He's probably doing a million different know setups well racers put everything off to the last minute so they just said they're starting racing again so for the past six months everyone's been thinking about it like myself oh, calling up air yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah similar so there's supposedly three sidecar races left and possibilities and stuff everybody's still up in the air and um yeah i've been working so much and blah 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 i don't know if i can move all my stuff to get to the races even um everything's so tied down from being just busy working and stuff it's hard to like get out of that mode and actually be free enough to go racing well i hope you get out there i mean uh sidecars going on so those folks are running uh they're talking about it. they are in europe and stuff so and, you know supposedly there's there's three more possibilities to do it you know and, and they're, they're talking it up and everything, but yeah. Yeah, is it actually going to happen? Exactly. And, and, it's really and, hard now, I mean, to, to, to know what's going on because one, one week from the next, you know, uh, uh, yeah. times are changing, so yeah. to speak. A lot of yes, no, and indecision. Yeah. And, and, yeah, so, yeah, I was just looking at, at my setup. Yeah, it's easy to talk about anything, but i got to move like a mountain to pull my sidecar out and put it together and actually <laughs> show up at a racetrack. Well, it's been a while, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of dug in, and uh, it's not like rolling one solo bike on out of an empty garage or whatever. No, it's, I, I keep it well buried. 
Well, folks, you know, um, Wade and I uh, have known each other a very long time, and um, to go to his house is like uh, going into a museum, and uh, there's really no space, per se. Everything is used up, and his garage is more so. I mean, uh, not to mention the classic cars. You got like uh, maybe two in there, and uh, a couple of RC 500s, a moto monocoque, um, uh, yeah, uh, one uh, alcohol burner, uh, speedway. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I can name it: uh, pit bikes, uh, monkey scooter, uh, pit bike. Yeah, it's it, it goes on and on. Uh, it used to be two sidecars. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Um, yeah, as far as folks go, I, I know how it is to pack a pack a garage, but there's no one that does it like you. It's totally Tetris. Years of <laughs> years of training. Exactly. And so a, a buddy of mine, of mine, Mike Mike McLaughlin. Anyhow, you cover everything yeah. with blankets and this and that, and and you could have a pile of whatever, but you don't know what golden thing is under there. Could be brand new painted. Because it's got a blanket on it. Yeah, I, like my Speedway bike, I, I tried to keep it out. It was on stage so I could see it for a long time. It eventually got covered and, and you know, kind of moved on. But, yeah, you cover them very politely and stuff. And then things migrate and stuff. I got the toolbox on every side of the garage because the, the <laughs> way the garage changes every once in a while. It's about to go through a big change when I pull the TR3 out. Eric has my motor done, brand new, ready to go oh in. Boy, and, I want to be and, there and, for that. And then <laughs> that's going to come back to life, which will totally change how the garage is set up. Exactly. Boy, oh boy, I remember that. That that we had fun on that, and last time we picked up a couple of stands. And uh, yeah, TR3, you got to look it up, and it's on Wade's Facebook page. A beautiful, beautiful convertible. It's just uh, so classic. What year is that thing? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. It's a yeah. small mouth. Everybody paints your your car one color one i did two two colors and kind of an american hot rod uh it was a turquoise that ran into something purple and it, it's really sweet I yeah really, great lines yeah really i followed the lines that are on i mean it's kind of diamond shape pointy shape and simple and it's it's gorgeous i was totally afraid to take it apart i'm still afraid to touch it because there's not a scratch on it <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean uh, yeah we we, we we did a couple of times out on it, but uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it needed a little bit of work in the short time it was out. But boy, was it an eye catcher! And, yeah, uh, yeah, I so, bought almost so everything in the wish book for it, <laughs> and, it's, and you know, it's, that'll it, be fresh. It'll, it'll be fun. Yeah, it should it should run forever. It doesn't get. We won't get run that hard. You know, the motor was done right this time. Yeah, I believe uh, our, our pal Eric, Subculture yeah. Racing. Eric Lindauer, yeah, Subculture yeah. Racing. That's and right. Eric Lindauer Motorcycle Shop. So he's just opening that up. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it's called. It uh, Was it Lindauer Racing? Lindauer Racing. Yeah, that's go. nice. There we go. Yeah. Our new best buddy even on what, whatever kind of secret parts you can <laughs> get in on. And where, where's, yeah. where is that shop located? He's over in Marin? Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa. Okay. So Lindar Racing, Santa Rosa. Yeah, which is 50 uh, miles from where we are. Yeah, a little bit out of town. We're in San... Oh, yeah, of course. Thanks, Wade. <laughs> For our listeners, we're in San Francisco and California in the USA. So uh, you got to look... On the edge of the world. <laughs> we can almost see Hawaii. It's right over there. And then you drop off. There you go. Yeah, and Australia is a little bit over there. Uh, across the pond there. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, as far as San Francisco goes, he's a little bit up north. And as far as our topo topography goes, uh, here in California, we're lucky. Uh, we have a lot of roads that are, are canyon roads, uh, country roads, uh, coastal roads. And um, 
You know, we've been very lucky. You know, Wade and I uh, both kind of grew up riding in uh, different sections of California, but uh, same thing, only different. Uh, we cut our teeth doing back roads and canyon roads. And, uh, you know, it's a very, very unique way of, uh, of uh, riding and racing. Uh, yeah, and I, w- I also did dirt riding and dirt racing. Well, I was going to mention that. Well, That's a different time. skill. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, which also makes you faster, by the way, fellas. Uh, yeah, it's like all them little you go skiing and all them little kids that go zinging <laughs> by, foo foo. Same thing with the on a motorcycle. There's there's some kids that really get it, and you're gonna watch that kid grow up and just be a rocket. Yeah, natural talent. You know, you know. I mean, exactly. I mean, um, I grew up with a bunch of uh, guys. We were the Hell Rats, heh. You know, so we all had uh, about eight of us, different bikes, all of different years and stuff, and we just kind of ride and. You know, you could tell, you know, what who were going to be the faster riders in the pack and that type of thing. You know, there was kind of a natural selection that who wanted to do what with the motorcycle and get the best out of it, that type of thing. So I think yeah. uh, most most clans usually have yeah. that type of pecking order. Something like that. I was in, I was I went to high school in, in Sonoma, Sonoma Valley High, instead of San Francisco or uh, Drake's uh, in Santa Fe, like I was supposed to, and dot dot dot. Anyhow, I went dirt ride, met all those guys, and. Um, it was totally different. You now they started or restarted the Valley of the Moon Motorcycle Club. It was Jim Parks from Jim and Jim's Motorcycles. He had five Yamaha motorcycle shops. Wow. And he lived in Sonoma. Uh, he was a really odd character and everything. We were all the little kids. and But he had five shops. He, he, he helped everybody and stuff. And, and so he actually was the one that brought back this little club valley moon motorcycle club so a bunch of adults helped us out and stuff took us dirt riding we we went to knoxville we went to cow mountain and stuff i'm on a suzuki 90 and you know blazing and there's a bunch of us there was actually three suzukis so we and and so i was kind of into racing and stuff and everybody else was going they put me on a uh what is it a, a harley sprint one time you can get this thing running you can race it uh, i couldn't find a place that it was good for but i found this big flat spot and i did these monster big old slides and stuff and, and they took me racing right away right after that and, you know yeah you, well uh, it came natural to you yeah yeah it makes a huge difference some people have to work at it other folks are just uh, going with the wave the flow so to speak so that's pretty cool you know you are anyhow um Boy, so uh, let's see here. Um, we're going to have, well, I think, maybe Clay calling soon. Uh, Clay Murphy. Okay. Uh, FirstRides.org. He just uh, texted me. So he's going to call us at 740. Uh, FirstRides.org is an organization uh, that uh, helps uh, kids, uh, well, to learn motocross, I guess is the easiest way to put it. And get their first ride. Get to ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Where was uh, he when we were little kids? <laughs> we that's just great. To, Who's got a little with? kid? Take him over there. That's why you have an uncle back then. Uh, so anyhow, uh, firstrides.org, uh, a lot of, uh, all his gear is, is donated. Uh, the motorcycles, all the dirt bike gear, uh, helmets, uh, boots, all that stuff. And we've been running, uh, I think it's been about six months he's coming on the show, yeah. as I recall. But, and uh, the, as far as I heard, the effort from all the teachers, everything is volunteer to help these help these little guys you know go out and run and yeah they've done a few a few classes clay's actually going to call in at 740 but i just want to mention you know i mean uh this is totally voluntary everyone actually is donating the gear basically it's 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 
to have kids that would normally not be able to ride a motorcycle learn uh and it you know it comes from all classes so uh yeah it's it's really really nice um folks that uh, kids who would not normally get a chance can go out and ride a dirt bike yeah. all, all you need is a parent to call them up and say i want to get my kid involved Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that part. <laughs> Back in the old days, we just took the bike. Okay, so, yeah, we got a call. So, uh, Clay will be calling in around uh, 7.40, letting us know about firstrides.org. And talking about that, uh, Mr. Hawk Mazzotta uh, is going to be calling in around 7.20, I believe. And he's going to be talking about, again, uh, a motocross type of school. Uh, I saw him on the face of my book. Uh, I was interested in the class he's running, the program he's running, and I thought it would be neat to uh, – have him on the show as well to uh, put the word out. You know, I mean, uh, Racers Alley is about motorcyclists, everything motorcycling. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, there are next generations coming. So uh, there are people out there who are actually spending time teaching those folks how to be fast and uh, go uh, racing safely and have a whole lot of fun, right? Yeah, that's right. In, <laughs> yeah. in, in all genres, uh, dirt, uh, pavement, everything, yeah. you, you name it. And there, there's a few little kids out there that will – Go by like you're sitting still. Yeah, I was uh, talking to Malcolm, uh, my workmate, and he was showing me some stuff on the Facebook book on his phone, and uh, I am a phone. And boy, uh, there's a class now where these kids have these little, uh, like, they're not pocket bikes. They're in between a, a pocket bike and a real bike, and they're out there just like, you know, fully kitted, and they're having the time of their life. Well, tracks like Stockton, Buttonwill, you know, out there. You know? That's right. And it's really, really neat. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to actually, if any of your listeners out there are involved in that uh, uh, that sport, please call in, 415-550-0511. And, uh, yeah, I'll give you a free pack of popcorn or something. There you go. But, uh, Lodi yeah. does it also. Lodi Motorcycle Okay, Club. yeah, okay. Yeah, you are. Yeah, they run almost uh, every week when, when it's running. They just had an open track day at, at uh, Fast Fridays, which was actually Speedway and Flat Track and so all those guys are kind of getting together. They're itching. They want to go riding, too. And so do all their kids. Yeah, you well, know. get out. There's nothing like a racetrack on a nice uh, evening afternoon, especially in the valley where it gets warm and starts to cool it's down. It's always warm. It's cooking. <laughs> yeah. It's cooking. I've been going out to Stocks, and it's at, like, at least 100 all the time, even at night. <laughs> you want the fan? You want the windows open? It's cooking. Those guys live out there. It's it's okay. It's like I I gotta kind of escape. You can drive back. It's a hundred miles, back to the <laughs> fog. It's right there. It's so much cooler. You know, yeah, big difference. San Francisco, we always have fog, folks. So we're we're a coastal town. At, at least every yeah. other every other week, or every two weeks, it's we get one or two days of a hundred degrees and we melt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One hundred means actually seventy six. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's like that in Stockton every day. Yeah, and uh, most racetracks are as well. I think the only racetrack in California would probably be Laguna Seca. Yeah, we only race when it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> we melt. Exactly. All, all our tracks here are hot. So yeah. Are. yeah, I live at the cooler. Keep my keep a towel or something around my, my head and everything, and it's, well, you're just cooking. Once the sun goes down, hey, it's not bad, but by then the races are over. Oh, that, uh, pit, uh, pit racing and uh, barbecuing. Always fun. Hey, I'm sorry yep. to hear El Skipador, our pal here. Uh, he's uh, done a, you know, a lot of tuning for a lot of uh, good t AMA teams and stuff. But El Skipador, you know, uh, I'm going to miss you, man. Uh, he moved over to, uh, uh, I think, uh, where did they call it? Like Gilroy. 
uh, we've had a San Francisco. A lot of our folks are leaving just because it's San Francisco. Oh, and it's kind of turned yeah, funny. So he ended up moving in uh, Kilroy. But uh, El Skipador, like I said, you're always welcome here. Got a couch to crash on. Come on our show and uh, always talk about the A and A teams you're working with. That's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you are. All right, we're gonna take a little bit of a break here. A little crate. Uh, Throw something on, and uh, we should be back in about five minutes. And uh, we can rock out. Go from there. <laughs> Groovy, man. Yeah. <laughs>
Actually, you know, we can get jarring and all of a sudden it's 20 minutes later. But uh, anyhow, uh, Wade, myself, and Mo Crate are here having a good time and uh, just shooting the shit about racing and what's going on and uh, how everything else is going. Uh, Mo Crate, how's that ninja you're riding? It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. It's like a Only 8,000 miles on that thing. Uh, I see racing coming. Get on the track. Go have yeah, <laughs> I, I really want to talk to Fun Track Days man about that because <laughs> he was trying to goad me out there on my KLR. Uh, but I think on a 250, it'd be a lot more fun. For sure. Actually, um, you know, right now, slow bikes are pretty much the big deal. And um, yeah, I mean, if it's you look not at like AFM I'm going to be able to such. use all that 250 on my first time out there anyway. No, um, I generally say um, uh, the best way, uh, pin it, close your eyes, throw it into a turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can use the full power that way. You know, it's nice wishful thinking. Uh, we got some music going on in the background. Is that just my head? That's just me. Okay. Um, yeah, last show too, man. I, I guess it's my feelings. Must be the communists. But uh, we'll work on that. Anyhow, um, boy, oh boy. Um, like I said earlier, uh, Pedro is going to be calling about the San Pedro Martir uh, races going on in Baja as well as the Baja International Tourist Cup. And I'm, I'm very happy to say that I was just talking to Wade and uh, Wade's planning on going out there as well. I didn't want to go alone. So there we are. We are. Welcome, Wade. <laughs> there yeah. you go yeah it's like uh it makes me so happy i have no idea and uh uh i really like the idea of that dtr1 um he uh with that particular motorcycle ended up um revolutionizing i guess in a certain respect uh the the, the sacramento mile or the mile and uh dirt, dirt tracking that way uh, which uh, the first kind of a first super bike I would say that would be on a on a on a, on a, on a single uh, dirt track, yeah. That I know of that was, is successful. <laughs> How about that? Well, it, it, you dialed it in. I was there, you know, one of the first years, and it, I mean, it, it took four years, but, but uh, that thing is really really nice now. You know, yeah, ready yeah. to rock. I mean, uh, after everything, the exhaust. Uh, I think uh, Zeke uh, really uh, did a nice job welding that together. It's Screams going down the down the uh, front straight. Uh, I think that's even on YouTube right now. So for from what I've seen, uh, you can catch Wade on uh, Wade Boy DTR one. I think. Yeah, something like that. There's a there's a couple. And basically, go go with my name. But uh, was uh, Dave Devoe has one also. Um, it was a couple of years we didn't do it, and it was, it was one. I think it was the last year. Um, somehow it it destroyed itself. We saw it, and then it. It blinked off. 
What do you mean? The video disappeared? Yeah, the video disappeared. All our all the latest ones, which was some really good racing. Oh, wow. Um, but anyhow, all of them are really good. Um, most everybody's on a single. There's a couple of twins, but the twins aren't fast enough. Um, they're uh, like old Viragos, I believe. Uh, well, there's, there was there was two people with Viragos, and they're doing r- really good. Um, I, I guess there's some triumphs and stuff, but anyhow, the fast guys are on singles. In the, I'm running uh, one of three different classes. The 30, 30 it's an age class. <laughs> the young guy yeah, class. The young guy class, 35 <laughs> years old, 50 years old, and uh, 60 years old. Now I'm illegal for all of them. And it's uh, any bike, any year, any size, anything you want to bring out. That's and true. If you're 50, you can join a 30 or 40 class, huh? Yep. Wow, wow yeah. that's the advantage. And, and it's still the same same thing. So those are three classes that I pick on. Nice. Um, I usually have one bike. I work on two. And, you know, I built the DTR one just to do the mile, which is now the Sacramento mile. Yes. I don't care where it is. Um, I, I won a, one, one at uh, Stockton, and then they, they changed to Sacramento. Sacramento has long straightaways. And ah, okay. And, and, and who is that? <laughs> Must um, be a phone thing. Yeah, so anyhow, <laughs> I, I built it built it for that. Um, all of, every Most everybody's on singles. They they run what, what you normally flat track with. My dad told me once upon a time, some of these guys build special bikes just for the mile. So anyhow, that's what I did. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the frames, was a Rickman frame. I mean, there was a lot of... Yeah, Rickman frame, Champion frame. Yeah, there's a lot of um, night frame. There's a whole bunch of trick stuff yeah. that everybody used to do. Now you pretty much take a motocrosser and put little wheels on it and do a couple things. Yeah. It's changed again, but nobody's really selling twins. So the twins of they're still there, but now they're vintage. They're not really going any faster. The singles are faster until um, you get one built up or you bring out something modern. I took out my SV and it's like, with a little little more effort, I could win this class even SV on that 1000 then. Uh, yeah. yeah. What a two thousand or something. Was my, was my street bike? Oh, oh two. It's oh what two. I could get my hands on. Uh, nobody's handed me really a race bike, Harley. Actually, I was in I was in uh, Lodi a couple of years ago, and I got to ride a couple triumphs, and did really good. It was great. Nice. You want, you want to ride this triumph? I'd love to ride that triumph. My dad rode a Triumph. I don't know what it's that was, what uh, they're like. Cervetti bike? No, uh, he was on a had a single Honda single, and this was somebody basically out of Lodi and Stockton and stuff. Yes. Um, he had this. Uh, he had two bikes that he was running, and I got to ride the second one because the sec- second guy didn't show up, and I believe it was a, a old Brelsford bike. Ooh. And nice. he has a killer collection. He's got this big old barn. He's got other stuff, but he's got this barn with all the cars and bikes and everything that you would want in it. <laughs> you know, a dream, a dream hot rods, this, that, whatever. He collects Harleys. He's got Sal Hoffman's old Harley. Oh, that's where he went. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I never got to ride one of those yet. yet. So I had you know, R1's girl in my neighborhood, and that's what I got a deal on. And I was told it wouldn't work. And I played with it, and, and I made it work. That's right. We had a little bit of an issue, and it always, all it was, I still talk to this day to Sean about it, one washer, a little washer, um, 
created a little bit of a devil in there. And I'm hoping that's something that's uh, with my ZX636 race bike. Same thing. Keeps overheating. Something somewhere. Just a little thing. But yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. It's a little tiny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's great. And uh, that, that the DTR1, folks, um, listeners, um, uh, wait, it's a, it's a 2000, I think, uh, four five. or five? five. 2000, 2005 YZFR1. Uh, basically, it doesn't have any of the bodywork on it. It's been totally modified. Uh, but it's basically stock. It is. <laughs> it's, it's got. It's, it's only I, got 160 yeah. horsepower as a. I took all the fairings off, changed the handlebars, okay. used Virago handlebar mounts, drilled two holes in the chop triple clamp, boom, boom, put on some handlebars, got new uh, longer lines and stuff, throttle cables and stuff. If you pull the disc brakes off, which I did, there's these really sharp edges, right? These giant washers, non-discs, is what I call it, made. So there's nothing sharp, and it's like a spool. Okay. Uh, you put that where the discs were. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. If nice. anybody was to get down there, whatever, when tech goes down there, I, like I rolled my bike into tech, and it's like, I didn't have a proper bike. Uh, so I he goes, this is a proper bike. <laughs> well, actually, it's a one of a kind, I believe, and and built properly. I've got stuff safety wired. It's got this and that. Everything's right. You know, Yamaha did a really good job. Did you use a stock frame? I sure did. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a looker as well. And like I said, especially with the exhaust, uh, it was welded on nice. Uh, it was it, it and it screams. It, it's just made just to go fast. And you look at it, it's it's a nice bulldog. And you you listen to the videos and and folks who. Um, you know, have come around because when it first came out, pissed off a couple of people. But uh, you know, it's a rung with your brung. Sorry, you know, just because you were here for whatever, right? Uh, yeah. Winning for ten years doesn't mean you. There's a new, there's a new sheriff in town and uh, rung with your brung, and they didn't like the idea of having new machinery, I believe. And uh, yeah, they didn't know what to say. And, well, <laughs> well, there's, there's one guy that's squawking, uh, yeah, Mr. Chihuahua. Uh, he's <laughs> he's on a totally tricked out Honda 350 single. Got all kinds of old guy helpers and everything, and and dude's really fast. And and, and he, I found him in turn one in first place, and so I waved when I went by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you look at uh, a lot of Wade's videos, actually, I just can't say it's a DTR one, but it's usually on a front wheel. So uh, yeah, that's the thing about the, I guess the flat track, and it allows you to just be on a wheel like half the time. Well, almost. <laughs> so uh, it didn't wheelie at first for a couple of years. Um, I was running a higher gear. I was doing this. I was okay. doing that. It actually blew up the second year. Yeah. Um, because it, uh, it wasn't put together right. It was put together out and of three dead motors, and dude got yelled at and was not allowed to put in new bearings in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and then dude said, don't blow up my motor. Well, it lasted 18 miles. <laughs> and then, And then it made a lot of funny noises, and I had a single. <laughs> and I pulled Yark. off the track, you know. So anyhow, we rebuilt it. It's it's basically stock. I got a new crank, new rods, new everything, all new bearings. Um, uh, Ned put it together and and kissed it, and it's been running great. I put twenty to fifty miles on it a year. Yeah, yeah, and it's a wonderful twenty or fifty miles uh, a year, and just like racing, you know. I mean, we can sit here for. A Two years, but uh, when a race comes up, you know, the two years were worth it. I mean, even if it's 10 minutes. I mean, uh, yeah. right now myself, I've, I haven't been doing a, a whole lot in a long time. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to the San Pedro Martir because uh, 
as a road racer, you really don't have a chance to road race. Uh, I was lucky when I was living with Wade um, in 2010. Uh, he got invited by um, uh, uh, our, Argentini our Argentinians. And uh, we got to go over to Copina mm. and race. And, uh, yeah, you David know, Perez. Uh, yeah, David Perez. Paredes. And uh, um, it was just a very unique experience. I mean, I've always thought road racing happened at the Isle of Man or England, I mean, uh, Ireland uh, proper. And uh, South America right now is uh, starting to, st I think that's a trend that I, I hope catches on that a lot of the countries decide to take on because they have wonderful roads and uh like I said, uh, Argentina, Copina, that's a wonderful place. Oh, my God. And uh, right yeah. now, uh, we're going to go to Mexico and, and uh, do the San Pedro Martir and uh, the Baja International Tourist Cup that's coming up. And, uh, again, you know, uh, South America is uh, Mexico, South America. It's road racing. It's on our continent. It'll be really, really easier than uh, Wade's been to Australia and New Zealand and everywhere else. Uh, I'll, I mean, that costs a lot of money. I mean, at least we can drive partway down there that type of thing so look really really look forward to road racing down there and uh, we're getting new opportunities you know? yeah yeah really really neat so um let's take a short break and uh we should probably get a phone call here soon oh yeah <laughs> milk crate what do you got going on i think a red album and a black album uh we've got roxy music next roxy music yar. <laughs>
Anyone there? <laughs> All right, we dropped our first phone call of the evening. Let's try it again. Mm. Sorry, Pedro. <laughs> I heard nothing but music on that. Gotcha. No problem. Free Lisa. I told him, I tell everyone, if you can answer, call on me. Uh, Pick up girls and get called assholes. This never happened to Pablo Picasso. He could walk down your street, girls could not resist the stare, and so Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Are you there? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Pedro, I'm sorry. I, I definitely owe you a 12-pack or something. Yeah, just tell me tell, tell me what you want from the U.S. It's yours. You are. It's, it's under 12 bucks, but yeah. Sorry, mate. Anyways, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we here at Meany Radio, and uh, especially Racers Alley, you know, we kind of go with it, and sometimes you kickstart it, starts at the first kick, and... Sometimes you can foul a plug, and uh, it just goes both ways. Yar, yar. Um, so anyhow, uh, Pedro should be calling back, hopefully. I'm sorry about the disconnect from uh, our, uh, I guess, technical difficulties. But anyhow, um, yar, yar. Where were we? 
We were All rocking. Right. We were rocking. <laughs> All right, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, it really, uh, it really takes a load off with the. Uh, Wade uh, wanted to come down to the San Pedro Monteros hill climb as well. Um, big thing is, uh, you know, getting a car out there, getting a truck out there, getting all the, uh, the logistics. And uh, Pedro will go over as I mean, you want to have all your paperwork and such. And uh, if you have an older truck, you better bring extra hoses and water and all that good stuff. I mean, uh, Wade, you've always been going on with uh, old uh, campers and uh, your vans and everything else in the world. I don't think you've ever had a new car going far away. <laughs> new? Yeah. yeah. Not, so a, not a new. Part of, part of <coughs> racing's getting keep working there. at it, but new, yeah. no. And the uh, uh, last couple of years, I've been actually uh, borrowing Milk Crate's truck. Uh, nice Toyota as well, which has been very nice. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Fantastic truck. Uh, the nicest thing I got was like cool Van Halen sticker, dude. Yeah, they really, really like the hell out of and that. And you liked it so much, you bought your own, huh? Right. And, uh, yeah, so Chad's got that truck. He's working on it, getting it together. And uh, so, you know, going far, you do have to have a proper transportation. And sometimes as a privateer, you don't have the new stuff. Uh, a lot of times in the um, in the uh, pits nowadays, what you see, you see some really nice motorhomes and stuff, you know. I mean, AFM yep. Racing, privateer, I was like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, seven, yeah, seventy AFM grand setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, AFM has a, a pretty impressive uh, uh, pit setup <laughs> collection. So, uh, they, they they did a armored two days, and then they did an AFM two days, and there was actually a big difference. I stayed ah. there and saw the difference between the two. Well, there are definitely and two different organizations. Arma is a American Historical Motorcycle. Racing Association. Yeah, and they're out of the East Coast, really. Yeah, the East Coast, and they I think they have three different segments here in the United States. Uh, wonderful bikes, uh, yeah. all classic and such. Yeah, all kinds of older stuff. Everybody's really nice. They go all over the country, and and uh, um, I think a bunch of them are retired and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. can you afford to do that? And well, to, I'm, yeah. it was it's it's great, and and a lot of them go up and and get. You know, a whole bunch of trophies. Like, you know, they all enter three and four classes. It's great. Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, certain classic bikes, you can order uh, or enter different classes. Um, yeah. Like you were mentioning earlier, Wade, I didn't know. It's like, oh, you enter 50 class. That means you can enter the 30 and 40 class because you got sonority. So, yeah, or, yeah, you can always take advantage of that uh, loophole, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they, there's some where they just have classes by by bike and stuff also but in the old days that's all how they did it but now it's kind of changed and yeah so there's three classes that go by age and there's you can ride any bike you can get your hands on and so then yep. yeah you then you got to ride it and then if you really want to beat everybody that's a whole different story because nobody wants to get beat well there's uh yeah the <laughs> right last couple of yeah exactly you know i'm a racer and i hate being uh, faster or slower than slowest but uh it happens and, uh, yeah, AFM, last couple of years, I've been running, uh, well, I, I, I'm a novice still, and I haven't even been able to get past a race. But, uh, yeah, the Formula 50 class, boy, uh, Formula 4050. We got folks like Montano out there, you know, kicking everyone's ass, the Corey Calls and stuff. And, you know, um, yeah, uh, guess but what? Yeah, Racing them older guys doesn't mean you're going to be going slower. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of those guys never stopped racing. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and, and you'd think it's great and everything. Yeah, I got uh, I was at Button Willow, and uh, one of our older guys, this guy was two years older than me, took me out in the bus stop. 
I know. And, I asked and, you. I was like, a young kid? He goes, no, he was older than me, Alex. I was like, what? <laughs> I think he forgot his glasses or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop. <laughs> it's like anything else. So, and so um, sidecars are a similar thing. They're all on 600 nowadays. nowadays. It makes it all much closer racing and stuff. And when I was race, I did a couple of races at Buttonwell AFM and stuff. The most dangerous spot is the the bus stop and them hairpins or whatever, where people got to get on the brakes. And if there's two people going in together, you can't run into each other. <laughs> uh, you mentioned it's really that. Simple, really simple. Well, you've been going out, and uh, yeah, you mentioned that happened uh, uh, last time you were out on the sidecars. Uh, uh, two people trying to occupy the same space. Some sometimes that happens. You try to leave. I'm gonna say a trule or something like that. A little bit of space, <laughs> you know. You, there's rubbing and and then there's running into people, and that, that that's not allowed. Well, yeah, exactly. You know? so well, racing, racing, you can get excited. It's supposed and all. to be sportsmanish, even if even in the professional department, you don't be running over somebody. <laughs> Exciting's exciting. You get all it, excited. It happens sometimes. Yeah, but you get yeah. excited. Everybody tries this out. Whatever, you know, it's it's not perfect. Yeah, you are racing, but seasoned folks yeah. shouldn't do that. But shit happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, um, yeah. I mean, it's as far as racing goes. Uh, everyone, especially right now. I mean, uh, I, I believe the first AFM racing is coming soon. Uh, within the next week. Uh, I wish I could be there, but. Uh, you need to save my money to go to uh, road racing down south. Yeah, um, July 18th and 19th. Boy, that's that's right around the corner. Next They're going to be racing in Button Willow, and uh, I love that track. That track's yar. I have a good time. It has good line of sight. It's going to be hot, but uh, it's going to be the first race of the season. I think they're going to have four this year. Um, Which is, will be good. Good be good be good for everybody. Yeah. And so everybody is fresh, sort of, and, and in the same mode, and you know, yeah, they'll put together a great program. Well, the first and ra last races are generally the hairiest, in a sense, and uh, everyone getting out there and getting used to stuff. And this year especially has been kind of a, a messed up year, so uh, hopefully everyone takes care of themselves. But uh, as well, you know, racing's racing. So, you know, it's a different mindset than a track day, uh, in, interestingly enough, and in many, many different ways. Uh, things you didn't think you would do, you will do in a race. Um, you you got to keep your head down more, and uh, generally um, you got to be on the gas proper. But uh, that being said, um, yeah. Uh, well, I guess the easiest way to put it is uh, we got four races left. Just get through the year, use it as a practice, get to next year. I know I've been advocating for a six-hour endurance race. You know, what do you got with four races? You got a whole lot of nothing. But if you have three races at the end of the the, the fourth race, you have a six-hour endurance race, that gives you something to shoot for. There's nothing like racing for 45 minutes an hour at a time. Am I wrong? It's a great yeah, way to have good. laps after lap. Uh, you know, Wade and I have been in endurance race more than a couple of times. You get off the bike, you get on the bike. Um, yeah, you get lap after lap. Being a six-hour endurance race would make up for the year that you lost. And also yeah. give you something to look forward to. Four races, yeah. second race, you might be dialed in. Third race, you're going fast. End of the year, you're done. So you got four races if you're lucky this year at the AFM. 
Not bitching yeah. about the air, so but I just say you it, should. You, you just have to add Colorado to the mix. <laughs> Holy moly. It's a phone uh, call. Let's the bat see phone. Bat look phone. Out, look out. It's either going to be Pedro or Hawk. <laughs> Hello? Let's see if we can work it this time. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Here we go. I'm going to push a button here in a minute. Hello, hello? Hello, are you there? Ah, holy moly, it worked. Oh, boy. Yeah, I pushed we... the button in hard enough this time. All right. I'm oh, sorry. that's a deal. I screwed up. Uh, who are we speaking with? This is Hawk Mazada. Hey, Hawk Mazada. Uh, we, uh, we accidentally hung, hung up on Pedro uh, uh, earlier for the San Pedro de Martir racing down south. So uh, oh, at least true. we figured this out now. Uh, Hawk Mazada. Um, my name is Alex Torres Mori. Uh, we got Wade Boyd here in Milk Crate Brian. Um, Wade and I have been around here, you know, road racing and stuff, and uh, uh, have this show over here in San Francisco, California, called Racers Alley at Muni Radio, which is a, a studio that does comedy and other things in the heart of the mission. And um, boy, you know, uh, we've been connecting on Facebook, and uh, I've been impressed, uh, you know, uh, with what you're doing. Uh, we have a, a regular here, uh, part of our wrecking crew, uh, called uh, Clay Murphy. And he does an okay. organization called FirstRides.org, which deals with uh, teaching uh, under, you know, uh, kids who wouldn't normally be able to get on a bike uh, to learn how to ride motocross. Everything's donated, all the gear and everything. And I noticed on your Facebook page, um, and uh, you have a similar MX course going on. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I didn't know of that. That's Super cool to hear what you've got going on. Yeah, the word's going I, out as far as your class. <laughs> good. Good to hear. It's it's only been around since the end of last year, but uh, wow. I'm, I'm pushing it. Yeah. Uh, what exactly? Um, Hawk, uh, actually, uh, I've had a lot of concussions racing and stuff, but I know you've, <laughs> you've been out there. Uh, can you give us a little bit of your background? Yes, sir. Um, well, I uh, started riding motorcycles at three years old on the old three-wheelers, the, the old death trap. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, just, uh, you know, rode for fun as kids around the ranch. We, we grew up ranching. Um, and then uh, I moved to Monterey, so I was uh, right there by Laguna Seca. Nice. And uh, I went out, <clears throat> I believe I was 15, and there was a Dennis Pegolo track day going on. Yeah, I remember and, TP. Uh, I went out and watched and uh, was just blown away by it and linked up with a couple of guys who were, uh, at the time, racing, um, Joe Carrillo and Al Salveria. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. I was mentioning with Wade. I was like, you know, Hakwazada, how are you? Old school name. I, you know, the only thing I could think <laughs> of was Al Salavaria. And, That's yeah. It. Okay. So you boys were out yep. there. Okay. Yeah, they were out nice. there teaching a school and um, – they came over and we were chatting and uh, they said, hey, you want to try it? I was like, yeah, I want to try it. So they uh, gathered up some, Al had leathers and boots and gloves and helmet and all. And um, I got on the back and it, that was sort of it. I was sold and um, Al took me under his wing. We just hit it off. Awesome guy. And he was racing 250 GP at the time. And um, he had a little 125 and he just, got me going and it took me down to old button willow and willow springs and we hit it hard and um that was it i started racing at 16 uh 125s and all the club racing you nice. know, wsmc and afm and um took off from there 
proper road racer then, uh, not only motocross. I was wondering if you're a motocross or a road racer as far as, uh, you know, your uh, skill set. I'm, I'm a road racer. That, that was the first thing I ever did was road racing and um, went up from 125s to a slight bit of 250s and did the Aprilia Cup Challenge at Laguna City. Oh, yeah. All right. First nice. pro race. Um, <laughs> which was awesome, you know, falling behind John Hopkins and uh, race battle with Alex Gilbert and mm-hmm. um, got on the podium. That was sort of the start to my career. And I dabbled in flat track and um, awesome. sort of all forms of racing. But no, road racing was You're like Wade then. <laughs> Wade, has done, uh, Wade as well. Uh, Wade has done the flat tracking and the two-stroke 250s and everything else between. So, I mean, you definitely have a – your skill set is you do all bikes, <laughs> which I is really really cool. Yeah, anything that uh, is two wheels and you can get a little sideways on, on, I'm all about it. That's great. And um, you know, we were just mentioning earlier in our show, like Wade was mentioning, uh, uh, when his youth, you know, he did uh, you know road racing, but also dirt. And um, it seems to me right now you have a program uh, with the uh, uh, with children. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I, um, through all my years of, of road racing, I linked up with a lot of guys uh, who had track days or schools, and I would say that I was taught by the best in the business. I worked with Freddie nice. Spencer. I went to his school. Um, Jason Pridmore took me under his wing, and I, I uh, took his school and rode for him under his team and worked then at his schools and wow. I really learned from the best I took Rich Oliver's school um, just <laughs> so I you know Rich and Chucky <laughs> oh and Chucky Torrance is just the best guy yeah and exactly <laughs> I always thought man someday I would love to have a school or a camp of some sort and it really just came together okay. uh, my fiance and I were talking and she said just you need to do it it's what I'm passionate about and there's nothing better than you know, passing on what I've learned over the years. Oh, that's and great. It really came together. I've got a seven-year-old son, and um, he rides really well. And all the parents at school were asking, hey, how, how do I get my kid into it? So I just said, well, bring him out, and I'll teach him. Then it turned into, awesome. I need to start doing this. So, yeah, I, I teach all ages from three years old and up, skill <laughs> level from never ridden to pros, one-on-one. Um, but the, the kids are really – where it's at for me i love teaching kids well it came cool. naturally cool. and it really is cool and um so um that's really really you fill the space that needed to be filled and um with your skill set i mean it, it sounds great um what what um what do you need to do to get in your class and what what um i guess what programs do you have so right now i'm i'm pretty um word of mouth if you will um i just with the help of others because i'm extremely computer illiterate i need to learn (laughs) racers dude racers Uh, oh man (laughs) we all are (laughs) so i've had some help i've got a facebook for hawkins automoto camp and instagram i've sort of got a website um up and going so can you mention their names out there for our folks that uh, are listening um I think we got probably seven people listening today and about 25,000 others somewhere. The what? Where are they located? Where are you located? <laughs> so I'm up in Cottonwood, California. That is Northern California. I'm a tiny town just south of Redding, California. Okay, Redding. So, okay. Yep. I am. Uh, so from you guys in San Fran, I, Fran I'm 
between two and a half to three hours. Okay. For our listeners uh, in different countries, I mean, uh, it's still Northern California. And uh, boy, oh boy, this is very exciting. Uh, Hawk happens to be an exceptional racer for our listeners. And um, yeah, he's teaching our youth, which is wonderful. And uh, Hawk, so um, as far as uh, entering the program, uh, do we have a website to get a hold of you? With? Uh, do we have a contact, yeah. that type of thing? Yeah, if you go to hawkmazadamotocamp.com. And uh, H-A-W-K-M-O-Z-Z-A-T-N? M- yep, M-A-Z-Z-O-T-T-A. There you go. HawkMazadamotocamp.com, and uh, my links to there on uh, on there, uh, my phone number and um, location, um, and pretty much all the info, like the current camp, the kids' camp is this weekend, so it'll have your information of uh, dates and times and costs and what sort of the curriculum, what's included. Can you um, explain that? I have that? motorcycles for rent. If you don't have a motorcycle, I have gear. Um, so if you don't know how to, if you never sat on a motorcycle, you can show up and I'll have you lined out riding in four hours. All right, Hawk. That sounds awesome. So let's let's go back a second here. And let's, let's, um, can you explain the curriculum? Uh, We're going to put you down in the the alley, send you back to uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, uh, Alabama. Who I'm working with. So uh, if I've got kids, you know, my curriculum is potentially a little different than than adults. Gotcha. Um, But in general, um, my curriculum for a beginner to an intermediate, which is the majority of the students, is Mm. number one, safety number two is have fun if you have if we're safe we have fun and uh i i just went through a program um through USMCA. so yes congratulations the, the, the core group of motorcycling you know in the u.s the orch family and, and so many others that formed it to have a just a ground to coaches you know at at a high level how to teach and number one is just safety you know the sport is inherently dangerous and there's a lot of guys out there who teach that that maybe are not qualified and and so um for me (laughs) in my camp um you'll come in here and we'll go over the most basics of a motorcycle uh the parts of the bike how to start it how to shut it off and then we go through body positions we go through ergonomics of the bike body position. And, I mean, we do a lot of control brakes, rear brakes, both, white, and, uh, control brakes, 